0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Lasso. It's our weekend preview. We have Jimmy Conrad with betting tips and analysis and James Bench, of course, with all the latest, especially as coronavirus continues to impact the English game. Que Go Lasso begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend preview uh, with uh, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, how are you, bud?
2: I'm good. I'm doing a lot of researching while you're talking, so I apologize for everybody watching on camera. I wasn't looking at the
1: camera. <laughs> Listen, your research it will forever be more important, even though we we love your beautiful face. That's, that's true. I appreciate,
2: that. I appreciate <laughs> that.
1: And of course, we welcome once again, every time I have him, I feel like I haven't seen him in so long, so it's always great to see him. James Bench, how are you, bud? I'm good. I'm
3: glad to be back. I keep getting bumped down the rotation. I'm like... um I was going to say Julius Randle, but Julius Randle's playing really well. He's a bad Nick?
1: There are no bad Knicks. There are no bad Knicks, James Bench. See, Jimmy Conrad is in trouble because with Jonathan Johnson, me and uh, Hingestock Villa, and me and James Bench are undying love for the New York Knicks. You just can't go wrong. I love it.
3: I've never seen the Knicks. have, a, I, have
2: I can't remember a Knicks winning season. I think I was like five.
1: Yeah, it was the 90s. And, uh <laughs>
2: It's been a yeah, lot. John Starks was running point for you guys.
1: My so, favorite player for the yeah. Knicks ever. I love it. But enough of the Knicks. Uh, we will come back to that. By the way, James Bend, you are and our weekend preview are most important, some may say. Episode of the week. So here we are. Let's break it all down. We have to begin, obviously, uh, with the issue, the ongoing issue, of course, of coronavirus and how it's been continuing to impact uh, the game, specifically as we look ahead. Uh, to the FA Cup this weekend James Bench on CBS Sports website has written for us a comprehensive look at just the latest uh, including uh, my Aston Villa who is now currently staff team players and Aston Villa women's team also their game has been cancelled against Arsenal due to a spread uh, within Baltimore Heath talk to us about it as much as so much more uh, James Bench what is the latest
3: Yeah, so as we record this, which is uh, 11am Eastern, 4pm in the UK on Thursday, we already have one FA Cup tie postponed. That's Southampton's game against Shrewsbury Town, uh, which is a real shame. That was going to be a cracking game Um, for me. I grew up watching Shrewsbury Town. I was there when they beat Everton in the third round back in 2003, but that's by the by. Um, Shrewsbury did not have enough players to field a squad. You are required to, if you can have 14 players in your squad, you're expected to play the game. Um, Shrewsbury Town said they didn't have that. Um, as Luis mentioned, Villa's game really in doubt. That's due to take place in just over 24 hours. That's in doubt as we record it because they've had to cancel training at Bonnymore Heath. Um, and as you say, the the Villa women's game is off. Although I think that's also to do with Arsenal women. Um, they've got COVID cases in their own, their own ranks. Derby County they're going to have to field an under 23 and under 18 team because their whole first team squad is on lockdown. Um, and then, I mean, there, there could well be more. Um, I know Morecambe who are due to play Chelsea. Wait, wait. So
2: I'm just coming into this this rule. So 14, you have to have at least 14 players to. 14 to players. So, so can Newcastle just say that that they don't have 14 good enough players to actually field a good enough <laughs> team to compete? Because. <laughs> They're struggling right now and I don't think they're going to do well against Arsenal uh, this weekend. Maybe
3: they should. Maybe they should. <laughs> um, but then there becomes the real problem, which is if Newcastle did that, much as Southampton are going to have to do that, there is no space. There is no space between now and the fourth round for these games to take place. Um, every Premier League team is playing midweek. I know this because I've been looking at every single night I'll be working over the next few weeks. Um, so up till January the 23rd, there's no gap in the fixture list initial impressions and people are still working this out the initial impressions is that Shrewsbury Southampton will take place during the fourth round we'll play third round ties i mean this is such a shame i don't want to belabor this point but this is you know Luis will know this having lived in england but i'm sure everyone around the world knows this is the highlight of the english football calendar for many you know this is the moment where we have upsets we have huge games we have you know premier league teams playing each other is always great as well um and I'd be surprised if it's 31 games that we get. I think that number is going to go down and um, it's really tough. And the fixture list is creaking hugely.
1: It's a big yeah. problem. Yeah, big problem. And also, you know, uh, with so many teams as well playing catch up, including, of course, Villa, who still have two games to catch up to in the league. And now with this postponement, it, it's a big problem. Uh, so with all that, we have to take into consideration a big caveat as Jimmy Conrad just gives us his uh, info, his lowdown, his easy money uh, betting tips on what's ahead in the weekend. I mean, Newcastle will play no matter what at this point, Jimmy. So just deal Uh, with it. I
2: know, I know, I know. Well, if we're talking about upsets or as we like to call it over here, cup sets, (laughs) uh, Marine has plus 5,000 to beat Spurs in the FA Cup. That game does end up happening. I don't know if you want to throw like ten dollars on that. Maybe you never know. I mean, uh, Josie Mourinho is pretty good at one-off competitions. Maybe stay away from that one. I like Newport though, actually, plus five seventy-five to beat Brighton straight up. Stockport plus seven fifty to beat West Ham. There's just something about David Moyes. I just don't see him doing well. You know, I could see Stockport pulling it off. Um, so those are the the three that really stood out to me. Boreham would actually plus 600 to beat Millwall that's not that's not bad value as well Mm -hmm. but when we get into the bigger ones you know I don't know if Villa Liverpool is going to happen that's an interesting game just given that Villa slapped around Liverpool earlier seven to two when Virgil Van Dyke was still healthy which makes it even more impressive but I just feel like with that game overall really quick Liverpool have been dealing with adversity for a few months Villa needs to rest some players even though I think Ollie Watkins will start for Villa I just think that Liverpool's just like, yeah, whatever. This is a normal week for us. You know, we got to have a mixed-up lineup and we're going to still have success. No problem. I like Minamino maybe to score anytime in that one. I think uh, I like Liverpool to win. Sorry, guys, or the Villa fans here. Uh, plus 230 both teams to score, I think. Now, Arsenal, Newcastle. Listen, I looked at this one. I don't know. You know, Arsenal are two different teams, or these two teams are going in different directions. Arsenal have won three on the trot, Newcastle are winless in their last six. Um, you know, so Arsenal have the confidence and Newcastle have had the confidence smashed out of them, kind of like Steve Bruce's, Steve Bruce's nose, you know, just like, <laughs> are there any bones there? It just looks like mush. I don't know. That's a bad, bad joke. And I botched it to begin with, but I really liked that one. I was thinking about it a lot. Uh, they, uh, Newcastle played Man City, Liverpool and Leicester in the last three matches. It hasn't been good. I know they got the draw against Liverpool, but they had 25% possession, so that's always fun to watch. Uh, Gabriel and Thomas Partey should be coming back into the team. Uh, LaSalle's uh, Saint-Maximin might be coming back in for Newcastle. I think that will help. I think this one will be tight. I think they're going to make Arsenal earn it, but they're going to sit back in their 5-4-1, try to hope they hit them on the counter. I could see a 1-0 maybe to to Arsenal here. Um, I like the draw first half. Arsenal win second half plus 350. That's my kind of thing there. Man United-Watford. That should be a good one. Obviously, United, we could get into this, guys. But, you know, obviously want to redeem themselves, giving up two set-piece goals to City um, to lose another semifinal, their fourth consecutive loss in a semifinal. I think they're going to be up for it. I think Mason Greenwood's going to start. I like him to score. United to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1, plus 550. But you got to keep an eye on Troy Deeney for Watford. He always likes to show up against the big teams, him scoring any times plus 240. So those are kind of my FA Cup uh, odds that I'm really looking at at the moment. We can get into the other European leagues later.
1: I love it. Uh, let's stay with Arsenal, Newcastle, James Bench. I'm intrigued to see how Mikel Arteta lines up. This one, obviously, three wins on the trot. Uh, it's a cup uh, situation, but I'm sure, uh, as we all know from Arteta's philosophy, he's always thinking about no matter who it is, what day, uh, what tournament it is, he's going to go all out. How do you see this one? It's at the Emirates, right? So h- how do you see this one?
3: I mean, I would be pretty confident that Arsenal will name quite a strong team. Um, they're players that they need to bring back in. Partey... Maybe probably off the bench, it, it'll probably feature in some capacity. Um, and also, I mean, Arsenal are not as much as the season is swinging back in the right direction. Arsenal are not a million miles away from where they were at the end of last season, where it was the FA Cup or bust. You know that you need to take this competition seriously because it might end up being your only route back into Europe. And as we've just seen today, they really need the money, and um, they've just taken out a 120 million pound loan from the uh, Bank of England. So. <laughs> this is this is an important competition for them, it's an important competition for Arteta. It's where he's kind of it's where he won the you know won the trust of the supporters. Um, so yeah, I would I'd expect him to go strong, um, you know, and, and rotate out more the younger players than the senior ones. So you might see someone like Abamian come in uh, or, or start and try and get his goals, keep Lacazette in form. You know, Mesut Özil can actually play this game as well. Really. He, he's in theory he can play. He's not playing, but he could. But he, um, he, wants, he wants
1: to stay healthy.
3: Yeah, exactly. He's got you know. He's got moves to prepare, but he's got <laughs> got boxes to
2: pack. I'm sure. <laughs> um, he's got yeah, people for that,
1: James. He's got people for that.
2: Oh, he has. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just to jump in, Arsenal have won 14 out of the, their last 15 against Newcastle. They've got four consecutive clean sheets against Newcastle at home with the Emirates. Uh, as James mentioned, and as everybody knows, they win this competition for fun, the Gunners do. And and because this is really their last chance to really, as as James said, that uh, they have to win this to really be relevant and get back into Europe. It's a must-win game in a lot of different ways. Newcastle. It's just hard. I don't know how much time we have for this podcast looking at my make-believe watch here, but uh, they're bad and I just feel like Arsenal are going to win this one, no doubt. Can
3: can I drop in a a stat? that I I found this myself, so I really want to share it with as many people as possible. I've been going down to dinner and telling my partner as well. She's like, (laughs) I don't care. Um, Hector Bellerin, he's now in his seventh season as an Arsenal first-team player. He has not lost an FA Cup match. He has won every single FA Cup match he has played and won the tournament three times. Wow, the Uh, jinx is real here. (laughs) Uh, i got some guys at Opta to help me out as well. I think it's the longest, um, it's definitely the longest active winning streak in the competition um obviously he, he's injured quite often so he's only played 11 games but well, i was gonna say i was gonna say <laughs> i think that is a, a remarkable achievement and yeah uh,
1: so if bayern yeah. starts then we're good to go for arsenal then. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also if everybody wants to look into like a specific player i think martinelli will have a big game uh I, it's hard with these fa cup matches you don't know which uh, team or players that the managers are going to start. They have a lot of options, want to play some younger guys and find that nice balance. But Martinelli, score anytime, plus 120, to get an assist, plus 450. I think he's going to be in and around the ball if he if he starts and plays. Obviously, he's uh, he can be very pivotal for Arsenal, so uh, keep an eye out on him.
1: Well, I'll tell you one player I really want to see uh, once again, and that's uh, Croydon's Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. I think he's fantastic, and I think this is a great opportunity for him once again to show why he deserves to be a starter. Uh, he's just great. He's just such a good player, and 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 this is, again, another opportunity against a team, sad to say, that's uh, struggling to find any kind of form. So should be a good one. All right, let's move. Manchester United-Watford, very quickly. What, United... Uh, James Bench looked tired against City I thought. Uh I, their legs are are heavy. Uh, a toll taken on them from the recent success that they've been having. Uh obviously Watford uh, you know, relegated to the championship. They have a new manager uh, in, in, in Cisco, not to be confused with Cisco. Um, <laughs> thong to thong.
2: thong,
1: thong. Uh, D, uh, who came from uh, Dinobo to So, you know, the style's a little different, but United did look tired. H- how do you see them? I mean, hugely rotational squad, I imagine, for this one. No? Or again, another chance for I've social you know, they to do something well?
3: He'll still play Bruno Fernandes, won't he? Because he's which is weird. It's it's like an obsession with him. Um, what I found so odd about the way United looked so tired was it was it, it felt like they were pressing in the first half against City, like this was the opening game of the season, like or like this was a normal season. You know they were hair and for a while I thought this is great, this is such a good tactic. And then I remembered, oh wait, the games last ninety minutes, and they're going to get tired at some stage. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sure they will rotate. I was I was really surprised that Eric Bailly dropped out. I know Same he's having issues, yeah. but he's the, he's the ideal partner for a Maguire because he has the pace for when Maguire makes mistakes. Um, <laughs> no Cavani as well, I guess, is a big miss um, because he's who you want to bring in. Uh, you would hope maybe this is a competition where Mason Greenwood kicks on a bit. I still think this guy is absolutely fantastic, as, as exciting a young English player as there is because... I don't, I don't remember many players who can strike the ball as well as he can with both feet, Yeah. but whatever it is, whether it's confidence, whether it's tactics, I know he, he does kind of keep varying between a central role and wide on the right. He's just not, he's not in form. He's not feeling it at the moment. I hope he can get some game time and get some goals and, and get back in, in the England frame.
1: Well, it's ever since his little uh, problem, his little trouble that he got into. Uh, I feel like that's when the uh, the confidence has dipped, which is interesting, right? Um
3: well, I yeah. mean, delight, and as it should, because people doing that stuff right now, they shouldn't really be playing for another three weeks anyway.
1: Right, right. So, Jimmy, uh, we talked about it a little bit from your lines: United, Watford. Uh, did they look tired to you? I mean, should they rotate a lot? Should they find? Do they have a Bruno Fernandez twin? Is that why he's playing all the time? Then rest him shortly.
2: Well, yeah, they have to rest him, in my opinion. They got Burnley on the weekend, I think, that they, uh, or excuse me, next Wednesday. So they are now kind of in the hunt for the Premier League. I think we've discussed that. They're right there. Big opportunity for them. I think they need to give him some rest at some point. They have, Mata can come off the bench. You got Van, Van de Beek. I mean, they bought him from Ajax for a reason. You might as well play him in a cup competition. At some point, as a manager, I think you have to take a risk with some of resting some of your players i think every manager is looking at this liverpool aston villa everybody's looking at like okay who can i sit and still hopefully have success now we saw him do that in the champions league of istanbul basak here and tried to put out some crazy you know lineup and ended up losing in turkey i still cannot forgive him for giving up a a breakaway to demba but 35 year old demba ba from midfield is just so unacceptable on so many different levels I'm still bitter about it. Like, how, how is your team shape that bad? Anyway, so I, I wonder at who he's going to put out there. But they do have some depth. I think Tellus will come in at left back for Luke Shaw. Uh, Twanzebi will probably come in as well for McGuire. McTominay, maybe Modich will come in. I think they have enough. And and that's what I actually like about United this season is that they do have options off the bench, that they are not just an 11 or 12 deep. They actually have, you know, good solid 18, maybe 18 to 20 that you can rely on. Now you have to rely on them. At some point, you have to take that risk. So I like Mason Greenwood to actually show up and be accounted for. Like I said before, I think I like him to score. Um, Watford aren't very good away from home, only three wins out of 13. But of those 13 games, they've only given up more than one goal three times, so they are pretty stout defensively. And obviously, when you got Troy Dini, when he's pissed off and ready to play, I mean, he can he can definitely hurt you. So I like him to score anytime plus two forty. I like both teams to score. United to win, uh, but I really think now the focus they're going to hope to get through this one, and then the focus is going to be turned to the Premier League.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the key, uh, you know, moment for all these teams to make sure. Uh, you know, as James said earlier, you know, it's an exciting time. You know, with all these lower division. Uh, teams to try and do something, but it's also an opportunity for uh, you know Premier League teams to really take care of themselves, especially in a COVID year. Uh, before we move on and take a break and talk about the rest of Europe, very quick, uh, Halla, Sebastian Halla going to Ajax from West Ham. I- I'm very intrigued by that. Like, why? Yeah, I'm not. And then I'm reading Snodgrass, maybe as well going to West Brom. Like, you know, cleaning house a little bit from a West Ham perspective. What, the Hala move really intrigues me. Uh, let's begin with you, James Benz. You wrote about it on the, on the mm-hmm. website. What, what, what do you make of it? Uh, I,
3: I think it makes sense from Ajax's perspective. Oh, definitely Eric for Ajax, Eric,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Eric Ten Hag worked with him at Utrecht and got a lot out of him, a lot of goals. It's Eredivisie, so they all count for like half, but from West Ham's perspective, I think they probably just look at this and they go, actually we're committed to David Moyes now for the long term whether you agree or not, he's their manager for the next few years. And Moyes isn't going to play halle a lot, so he's not going to go up in value. Best to get what you can for him now. And I mean, I reported it's about $30 million, which is half what they paid. Um, it's, you know, it's not great, but it's also, it's a fair chunk to go and buy. The two names I've heard are Josh King um, at Bournemouth. He's out of contract uh, at the end of the season. And Adam Klosek, at uh, Sparta Prague who shares an agent with Thomas Suchek my favourite player in the Premier League and uh, yes. it's another Czech player you know they've had loads of joy with Czech players so um, it sort of makes sense for West Ham uh, it's a real shame I think we saw a lot of snatches of a great player in Alaire, but I don't think it, it, he was quite right for Moyes' system
1: yeah. It just worries me a little bit because Miguel Antonio, Jimmy, you know, is not always fit and you know, they have to, but I guess uh, if the money's there and you can get somebody like Josh King to just, uh, you know, get it for cheaper, I guess it makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, you have to look at the situation. You have to look at the the temperament, let's say of Sebastian Allaire. I, I think, uh, he's 26. If he's not going to play regularly, he's just, he's got to find a place where he can. Ajax obviously still very good team still competing at the highest levels. Unfortunately, they're, uh, going to the Europa League but but uh this particular season but he's gonna get more opportunities he's gonna probably find his confidence again and then I I assume Ajax will be like all right let's get this guy back on and then maybe we can sell him for a profit you know they can move him back on again he's still got a couple years there where I think he could find some value so yeah it's really interesting I I was pretty surprised like anybody else with this move because usually you don't go from the Premier League to the Eredivisie but here we are, and 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 Ajax obviously is, is the one you're going to respect uh, a lot. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a move back to the air Eredivisie, that would be the team to do it.
1: I mean, a Champions League uh, team, you know. So you know, it's it's not a bad move for him. By the way, shout out to Hollers overkick goal over uh, bicycle kick against Crystal Palace a few weeks. I mean, we got to remember that one. That was such a beauty.
3: I was um, I was just thinking that as Jimmy was saying that, that I can't think of a more old fashioned West Ham transfer move than al scoring loads of goals over the next two, three seasons in an Ajax shirt and them going, oh, he looks good.
2: Let's <laughs> <have> <laughs> <him> <laughs>
1: did we used to have him? I think we did. Yeah. yeah
2: that's, that's funny.
1: <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, uh, we're going to hit the rest of Europe, including some real tasty matches in the Bundesliga. Stay right here.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Get golasso Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. We're going to hit the rest of Europe, but just a, an update because this is the season in which we live right now. Uh, COVID cases and news of COVID cases coming as we speak. Uh, Burnley uh, just announcing a couple of cases uh, in their club. Uh, Sean Dyke saying, you know, we have a couple of cases. It could affect us over the next few days. They have MK Don's on saturday and manchester united on tuesday so put a big asterisk on both those matches uh james bench as they as these continue and your piece i'm sure continues to be updated
3: oh god literally the second i get off here i'm going straight back onto that aren't i
1: (laughs) so we just have to make sure that we remember those by the way as you listen to this all these things that are coming into play all right let's talk about the bundesliga jimmy conrad some big games in germany to look ahead to
2: Yeah, there's two massive ones. Borussia Mönchengladbach, who qualified for their first knockout rounds in the Champions League, first time in their history, taking on Bayern Munich. That one is going to be very tasty. I'll get into the lines there really quick. And then RB Leipzig versus Borussia Dortmund. I mean, these are just two fantastic, tasty matchups over in Germany. Uh, We'll go back to BM versus BM here. Mönchengladbach hosting Bayern Munich. Uh, Mönchengladbach actually at home, plus 400 to win this one. The draw is plus 360, minus 175 if you're going to bet with Bayern Munich. Now, there are three certainties in life, fellas, and that's uh, death, Texas, and uh, not Texas. I don't know why I said it like that. But, yeah, I guess Texas as well. Death, taxes, and never betting against Bayern Munich. Anytime I've done that, I lose big. So I'm going to go with Bayern Munich, as I always do. Uh, last week's clean sheet for Borussia Gladbach against Armenia Bielefeld. Was their first clean sheet since October. They give up a lot of goals. Marcus Thuram is out. He got uh, caught spitting on somebody. So that's awesome for him. Uh, Gladbach also have spurned a league high 16 points so far, which is pretty incredible because they spurned a lot of points in the Champions League as well. So there's something about that team. Um, Marco Rose, we, we, we all appreciate him as a manager, but there's something about that mentality of closing out games that they're lacking. Uh, Joshua Kimmich is fully fit. One of the best midfielders in the world. Alfonso Davies is fully fit. So Bayern Munich is really rounding into form, which is sounds about right for them. They're going to peak right when the Champions League gets going again. Uh, And so that'll be nice. But Bayern have given up. This is crazy. Uh, The first goal in eight consecutive games. So I found this. If you think Bayern's going to come from behind and win, it's plus 525. And they've done that in five, you know, eight consecutive. Well, I guess they had a couple come from behind draws. But I think they're going to get the win here, three to one. I like Lewandowski to score, Bayern to win, both teams to score, plus 200. Uh, Briel and Bolo scored. Uh, his third goal, the game winner last week for, for uh, Gladbach. he's very good. He's playing a little bit better than Alassane Playa, who should come back into the team since Taram is out. So there's a lot of attacking options. Both teams are good, but Bayern's going to do what they do. That's win games. They'll probably give up a goal because a little bit vulnerable in the back, but Lewandowski's going to score too. It's just, it's just written in the stars. That's what happens. So that's kind of how I feel about that game. So I don't know how you guys are feeling about it.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know what James Bench thinks, but not much to add for me. Bayern Munich is just Bayern Munich. They're just going to keep continuing to do their thing. I don't see anything else other than a win here for Bayern. Uh, You know, they could be down two nothing at halftime and then suddenly they can just wake up and, destroy people. I imagine you think similarly James Bench.
3: Well no, of course I
1: um, Having The
3: only one thing I would caveat that with is if you're looking for a vulnerability in this Bayern Munich team it's definitely that right back spot. Um, I don't think Benjamin Pavard will, he might not even start. He's been that out of form. So you have Nicholas Sula at right back who I admire as a mountain of a man and would never <laughs> question to his face. But um, he's someone that, you know, a, a direct pacey forward like player, or maybe Mbolo if he's played a bit out of position could have some joy again. So yeah, as you say, that, that's probably how Gladbach scored the first goal before Bayern score five. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: exactly <laughs> right. Okay. Well, then the other game, RB Leipzig versus Borussia Dortmund, uh, it's really a cracking affair. I think you got good value in every single bet that if you like it, plus 150 for Leipzig to win at home, plus 240 for the draw, plus 180 for Dortmund to win. I think there's great value. As I said, the last meeting here though, back in June, Dortmund won 2-0. Erling Holland scored both of those goals. And now Erling Haaland is back in the team, even though they have a new caretaker manager. When he's in, they do well. They are coming off of back, back-to-back back 2-0 wins. Though they played Wolfsburg last weekend, and I thought they gave up a ton of chances. And if they gave up those same type of chances to, to RB Leipzig, who can hurt you in a lot of different ways, those are going to be goals. So I like a draw on this one. I, I think both teams are going to score. I think this has 2-2 written all over it. Um, so draw both teams to score is plus 290. Uh, and I like Holland to score first. He likes to really put a stamp on the game early Plus three twenty, I think is really good value. So that's kind of where I'm leaning on those to give you guys some of the exotics as they were.
1: All right. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, James Bench's Borussia Dortmund uh, continues its path with, with their interim manager.
2: Um, keep an eye on
3: Jadon Sancho. looks like he's rounding back into a bit of form, two goals in two games. His first Bundesliga goal of the season. I think he, other, other goals are coming in the, the cup competitions. Um If he and Haaland click in the second half of this season, then, you know, watch out Champions League. This Dortmund team has still got a lot of quality.
1: Yep, a very good point. Some good momentum there for uh, Jaden Sancho and of course Borussia Dortmund. All right, let's do a quick whip around. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, some good games in Italy as well and possibly in La Liga.
2: Yeah, I'll start with Juventus versus Sassuolo. I don't really have any specific lines. Juve's the heavy favorite. Sassuolo's a little up and down after a great start to the season. They really struggle against the bigger teams. Juve's at home. And obviously Juve's coming off that big 3-1 win over AC Milan, where I actually thought Andrea Pirlo out, Tacticed somebody for the first time this season and got the better of Stefano Pioli, who has been very good as a manager for Milan over the last, you know, six to eight months. So that was a big thing. I think it's just going to give them a ton of confidence. I don't think Sassuolo has any chance. So let's talk about Roma versus Inter. I'm wearing the Roma kit right now. I love the Roma, the Roma kits in particular. They're my favorite Serie A team. They, coming off a big win, uh, scored three goals early against Crotone and just kind of packed it in and did what they had to do to win 3-1. They're only four points off the top of the table. They're right there. They're within striking distance. So a big win against Inter Milan, who surprisingly lost to Sampdoria 2-1 this past weekend. They were somewhat in control of that game. Alexis Sanchez, I don't know. He stepped up to take the penalty. What? I mean, Benj, Luis, you're going to put your whole season on Alexis Sanchez taking a penalty, like give it to somebody else. You know, you got so many other players on entry. Like sure. Alexis Sanchez, you've been killing it the last few years. Why don't you step up and take it? And of course he missed (laughs) Ashley Young, actually followed up. He hit the crossbar, you know, and I feel like that really shifted the game had inter scored that Romelu Lukaku didn't start. He was rested for this, but he did come on late. Uh, Maybe he probably would have taken if he started, but, but, that changed it then say if dory got a penalty they scored it and their confidence just went the other way they scored another one to make it 2-0 inter couldn't get back into the game this is a must-win game for both teams i'll be honest obviously inter has nothing left to play for they're out of the champions league europa league all that stuff this is they have to win this game but roma actually fun fact for you guys are uh, have are unbeaten in nine out of their last 10 against inter like they just got inter's number now seven of those are draws but but I don't know. I could see another draw here. Uh, both teams to score plus 265 is what I'm looking at. Lukaku, he does show up. Him scoring anytime plus 115 is tremendous value for him. Uh, so, so I would look at those types of things. I think Roma are going to be tough to beat. They have been very good this season. And I think they can see it the same way Inter can. Like if we can just win this game, we're that much closer to at least being a real contender. But if if they drop points, even with a draw, I think that hurts both of them. So we'll see. I I don't know if they can be conservative or aggressive. I, I lean more towards conservative. I could see a 1-1, one, 2-2 one, two, two here.
1: Well, the same thought can be done for Roma, right? It's such a tight matchup in the standings. They win this. They're even on points with Inter Milan. Obviously, Inter have a better goal differential, but it's super tight in Italy. James Benj, any thoughts from those games? Uh, Serie A looks really exciting, actually.
3: Yeah, it looks really exciting. I, I, I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Milan against Torino because I don't think anyone's quite buying yet that this AC Milan team could be a real title challenger just because it's so many young players coalescing around Ibra. Um, and this is the sort of game, you know, this is the sort of moment where we see whether a team is real because I know Torino aren't very good, but they are, you know, teams that scrap at the bottom of the table, they're often really tough to go to at this time of the year. And um, I think if Milan can kind of respond to that, that defeat against Juventus where they weren't bad, If they can respond to that in the right fashion, then I think we're looking at a a serious contender. And, you know, that would be the ideal circumstances for Milan. Inter and Roma take points off each other and and they get back to winning ways.
1: Yeah, very good point, especially since that was the first uh, defeat for AC Milan in the league. So it would be interesting to see how from a mental perspective, how they pick themselves up, up, albeit against a weak Torino. All right, Spain, Jimmy Conrad, anything there? There's possibly some good games?
2: Yeah, there is. I mean, let's just talk about the top of the table. Atletico Madrid uh have only played 15 but they're on top of 38 points. Madrid are second. They've played 17 games. They're on 36 points. And then Barcelona with their win um this this at the San Mommies, which is not an easy place to play against Athletic Bilbao. Did the business yesterday to win three to two. Uh, nice performance from them. Uh, they're now in third. So now we have the, the, the three that we always expect in the top three. They're on 31 points. They have some work to do. And obviously, Atleti, with two games at hand on both of those guys, are, are in a good spot. Atleti is who I want to focus on, though, because they lost yesterday to a third division side in the Copa del Rey. Uh, away from home, one to zero. Obviously, not a great performance. Atleti supporters obviously very upset. You know, anytime you get knocked out of a chance where you haven't win a trophy, you're gonna be upset. I think it's okay. It's one of those as an Atleti supporter, I know we're talking about teams I like, I like in different countries around the world, but but if you're gonna get knocked out of a competition, a cup competition, you'd rather it be done early. Otherwise, you're just like slogging through these Wednesday games. You're trying to like mix and match your teams. Now you're like, you know what? We're out of this one. And we can just focus squarely on the league. This is their league to lose in a lot of different ways. They're in a good position halfway through the season. Things are looking, uh, well, a little bit less than halfway, but they're close. And, and they're in control. And so I like them uh, to, to play athletic, who just hired a new manager, who just lost to, to Barcelona three to 2 who We're still trying to figure out their best 11 under this guy, Marcelino, who I like. But I think uh, Atleti going to do what they do. They're going to win 1-0. I like that exact scoreline. Plus 325. That's the Diego Simeone special winning 1-0 at home, which they've done four out of the last five times they played against Athletic uh, at the Wanda.
1: Love it. I love it. And listen, by the way, especially for a Champions League side, you, you kind of don't care if you, if you get out of a cup competition, because especially Atleti, they're trying to win La Liga and, of course, continue their run in the Champions uh, League. All right, James Bench, Barcelona, all of a sudden. Seven match, uh, seven un seven matches unbeaten. Uh, I thought it was Messi's best performance actually, in a, in a while. He was great against Athletic Bilbao, uh, as Jimmy mentioned. They're third, uh, five points uh, behind uh, Real Madrid, uh, but obviously a lot to do to catch up to Atletico. because they have two games in hand. How's it looking in La Liga for you?
3: I, I have no interest whatsoever in Barcelona in football. In- <laughs> <laughs> there there a good night. <laughs> Uh, they're a clown car. They're, they're just really bad at football. For uh, you, they, you know, and Messi will pay. They've got back to the stage where at least now Messi can paper over some cracks to them. For them, congratulations. You're still not a very good football team. Um, <laughs> the one that catches my eye is um, Sevilla against Sociedad. Sociedad mm. is sort of sliding a lot, um, really quite fast. Three defeats in a row. Sevilla are heading in the opposite direction. Um, Maybe about to have an ISCO quite soon, from what I'm hearing. Um, so that should be a really fun, interesting game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Barcelona fans. I'm sure realizing that, you know, what our audience is, I'm sure I've alienated a
2: lot of it with that. But you're I- no longer welcome on the show, bench, but it's okay. Keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't
2: worry. Uh, We're just I- giving you our time. I'm so
3: much more interested in in post messy Barcelona right now than this horrible. That's fair. That's fair. Horrible way of ruining the end of the greatest the career of the greatest footballer of my lifetime. I
1: yep, just- no, it's a very there good point. Go. It's a very good point. And listen, like even though they're on this uh, unbeaten run, it's still not enough right now, anyways. Uh, and uh, we haven't talked about uh, Real Madrid, who I believe face uh, Osasuna. Is that right?
2: That's right. Away to Osasuna.
1: Right. So, the, you know, the race in La Liga as well is pretty tied with, as Jimmy mentioned, uh, the three usual suspects. All right. So that's pretty much it. But I want to end it with any final thoughts from James Menger, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, let's begin with you. Anything uh, you want to just quickly conclude with as we look ahead to the weekend?
2: No, just be smart and safe out there. I feel like I'm going to be a dad moment, put my dad hat on and just, you know, obviously things are popping off in a lot of different ways, no matter where you will live around the world. And just just uh, be thoughtful and, and uh, take care of each other. I think uh, positivity hopefully will win out. So that's it. Absolutely. That's all I got. Thanks for having me. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> And watch good. the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga <laughs> is going to be cracking this weekend.
1: That's good words. James Bench, anything from you?
2: Yeah, sorry, I do. I know Jimmy's desperate
3: to get away, but I have a question for him. I'm really interested to get a both an ex-pro and a betting expert's take on this Kieran Trippier thing. I'll try and keep it quick. but basically, Yeah, sure. When he was joining Atleti, uh, he advised some of his friends to, quote, lump on, uh, i.e. bet, on his move. Um, now banned for like three months.
2: I didn't mean, they, you, uh, imagine so
3: when you were moving, you didn't just sort of, you know, you didn't come home and tell the family, yeah, we got to pack up and go. So what's the balance here?
2: (laughs) So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, obviously the intent to try to make money off something that he knew insider information is not a good look. I think they're probably trying to set a precedent so that it doesn't happen again. I think, I think one of his buddies only won like 18 pounds or something, which is really funny (laughs) that he's getting suspended for three months because his buddy won 20 bucks. But, uh, you know, it's, (laughs) yeah, I guess it's more of a precedent and trying to make sure that that gets kind of squashed right at the beginning as opposed to seeing more players do that as more of this gets you know uh passed around and more there's more rumors and all that stuff happening there's more lines on people moving to different teams I don't think that really existed when I was playing I think that dates me a bit but yeah I mean it's one of those things you definitely are gonna if you're about to make a move it makes sense you're gonna talk to your people you trust the most which means a couple buddies means your family means and that that those whispers can get out there and If there are lines out there for player movement, they should just, there's another way to handle this, which is just get rid of odds that have player moving to different teams. I mean, there's two ways to handle this. And I think they could probably have a a conversation about that as well with all the bookies to saying, Hey, listen, this is not a good look for the game. There's just too much insider information and, you know, let's just kind of move it along from there. But also, you know, he should be smarter about that. I think they're trying to send a message.
1: I just think it's absolutely hilarious that this is all because of a round of Stellis. Like that's literally 20 quid. Like that, <laughs>
2: that's it. Like it
1: could have been so much worse and it was just like 18 pounds. Absolutely hilarious. Well, what do you think, James? Uh, three months is a lot, but I guess it, there's a good point. You know, it's got to set a precedent.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I really agree with Jimmy that I just, I, I find that betting on transfers and, you know, we, we are all excited by transfers, but it's not it's not what the game should be about. People don't, you know, r- largely bookies are putting out these transfer odds to kind of make money off people that don't know. But it it is open to to much more easy manipulation than than in game odds are. Um, I mean, like you, I find it hilarious just to go through Kieran Trippier's WhatsApp group names and realise that every man in the united kingdom is a member of a whatsapp group called pint <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it just 3 months for that that just seems like the the punishment doesn't fit the crime when we see some of the other um, when we see what you know what people are being punished for breaking covid regulations it really annoys me that trippier is now kind of banned for crucial parts of the season yeah it's oh, just yeah go, go ahead, ahead.
2: No, no, no i was no, just go gonna say uh, benj brought up the fact that i was in a hurry to get out of here and it's only because i was cashing my ticket because i had some insider information that sebastian Alller was going to iax and i just <laughs> made five grand so i'm out of here everybody a little bit more than the 20 quid but uh thank you thank you for having me all
1: right well th- that's that's worth it i think that's <laughs> it. all right well that's all the time we have for uh james Bench. thank you so much buddy my pleasure jimmy conrad thank you as always thank you I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Watch us on YouTube. Leave a rating and review wherever possible. And follow us on Twitter on Kego Lasso Pod. Have a great, great weekend. And just like Jimmy said, stay safe.
0: You ready for this? Yeah.